Would you mind opening your Bibles, please, with me? Hallelujah. If you would, once again, to the book of Hebrews and chapter 4. Hebrews and chapter 4. On Sunday, uh, on, on first service, I just kind of couldn't get off uh, the Ephesians 4 chapter about, uh, the, about the body of Christ being matured and growing up uh, in the local church because of the fivefold offices. And so we just went with that. And then in the second service, I, I, I went a little bit further and talked about that maturing process, but then stepped into one of the most important areas of maturing, which is being led by the Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jasmine, for that wonderful testimony. I can't tell you how many people told me how encouraged they were and how blessed they were. Thank God she was led by the Spirit, the little tiny prompting to open that email. It's so easy to miss. God's got the whole thing planned, but if you miss the prompting and don't even do the first thing, you wouldn't, she wouldn't have even known that that... How many doors have we missed, Reverend Greg? Because we missed that prompting of the Spirit. When he says go here and, then, and we don't go there and maybe there was somebody there that knew somebody that was going to open up something or you know what I mean? Praise God. Thank God. It's one of the most important areas of maturing. We talked about that you need to grow up in Christ according to Ephesians 4. We're all on a long-term journey. This is a, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Praise God. There's an there's a Ethiopian marathon runner who, who finished the race, and he does this funny little dance, and Greg, Reverend Greg sends that to me over text every now and then just to say, Pastor Craig, don't you quit the marathon. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint. Uh, you're going to have some days where you're feeling a little bit tired, but we're going to keep going, and then there'll be days where you don't feel tired, where you feel like you can jump over the CN Tower. But it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? We're just going to keep going. It's a, it's a long, it's a long haul run. Pray, we're in it for the long haul. Praise God. Reverend Greg, would you like to stand up and do the dance that that, that, that Ethiopian athlete was doing? Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I love it. And he makes me laugh because he says, Pastor, you, God gets things over with humor sometimes. Don't you quit, Pastor. Don't you quit. It's a marathon. That guy ran. I don't know how long that guy ran. He's so thin. The legs are, uh, the legs, three of his legs don't fit one of my arms. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, if he had three legs, but he just, they're so thin. I don't know how they go on so being so thin, but they just run for miles and miles. And then they get there and they're still doing their dance. That's what we're going to do when we get to heaven. We're going to be doing that dance in heaven because we, 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 we made it. Praise God. We, we, we succeeded in the marathon. So it's a journey. Don't, don't beat yourself up so much. My goodness, just relax a little bit. Take some pressure off yourself. I don't mean to just cast off and live in sin. I mean, we're trying. You're trying your best. As long as your heart's pure before God and you know you're doing the best that you know to do, just relax and enjoy the journey. Amen. Just enjoy the journey. Hallelujah. One of the most important way, areas of maturing, because we focused on maturing in Ephesians 4, is being led by the Spirit. Kenneth Hagin said these words, the most valuable thing you can teach a believer is how to be led by the Spirit. More than faith, more than healing, more than anything, because if you're led by the Spirit, he'll lead you into whatever else you don't have. He can lead you to the place to hear faith. He can lead you into the Scriptures to show you directly what, what, what those kind of subject matters mean. He can help you in, in a variety of capacities if you can learn to tap into him. Praise God. Let me just, uh, I'm prompted, so let me just pause now on, on Hebrews 12. Hold your, hold your finger there. We used to say that, hold your finger there, but now everybody's got a digital Bible. You can't hold your finger there. But, but turn with me, if you would, 
Where is that verse, Lord? I just felt prompted to share that, but I've got to remember where it's found. I think it's in uh, 1 Corinthians. Yes, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just turn there for a second. Yeah. The Lord said something to me last week when I was meditating on this. Yeah. Now we know God has revealed these wonderful things that eyes not seen and ears not heard. Now you know the contextual, the theological context of this is maybe not always the way we preach it, although the way we, way we preach it is fine. But the theological context is that God had the wisdom, the wisdom of God was held in a mystery for ages. And, if, and then if you look at verse 9, it says, which none of the, verse 8, none of the prince of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What is the wisdom of God? It's not just being smart. The theological term, the wisdom of God, uh, as Dad Hagen taught us and as the Bible teaches and the Greek language teaches, is the wisdom of God is, is this phrase, and I'm going to put my own words on it, but you, you get the gist of it. The wisdom of God that was held for the ages was Jesus came to earth, Jesus died a perfect death and defeated the devil. He rose again and gave authority to the church, and the church walked out that authority in complete dominion on the earth. That is called the wisdom of God. Had the devil known that Jesus was going to come, break him, and then create millions of little ones just like him, he would have never, ever let him be crucified. So this wisdom that he held in secret through the Old Testament to be revealed at the time that his son came. Jesus was starting to preach it while he was alive, but they were too dense to get it. And even in the early church, it took them some time to figure out what was going on. But this wisdom, see, in other words, what he's quoting now, verse 9, he's quoting the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament says, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, neither is any of the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them. That love. What are the things that God has prepared? Jesus. Right. God prepared a Savior to come, to die, to defeat the devil, to give us authority and have us walk in victory. That is what had not entered into the heart of man. But that is what has been, verse 9, verse uh, 10, that has been revealed to us by the Spirit. Amen. Do you see that? For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So when you're talking in a theological context, the thing that was hidden was this precious jewel, this treasure, that Jesus was going to come, defeat the devil, give his authority to the church, and the church was going to walk in victory. That is the wisdom of God. That was hid for ages. If the devil knew that, he would have never let him die. He would have fought that. But thank God it was hidden. Humans didn't know it. Prophets had prophesied, but nobody put it together, not even Satan. But God knew in his, in, his pre, in his great knowledge, in his foreknowledge, he knew that he's got this master plan that have, was right before, right when it was in the, before the foundations of the world, it was in God's heart. But when Jesus, when, when, when Adam fell right there at the garden, God's already starting to talk about the wisdom of God because he said, hey, seed's going to come. The seed of the woman's going to come and bust your head, buddy. Right. You see, he's already prophesying about the wisdom of God back in Genesis. So this is what did not enter into any man's heart. But this revelation is what we've got by the Holy Ghost. Because now we're saved. Now, that is what the theological context is. It's a macrocosm, big picture revelation. But you can also, of course, apply this on a microcosm and be completely theologically sound in your individual life. For the house God wants you to have, the car he wants you to drive, the wife he wants you to marry or husband he wants you to marry. Wife if you're a man and husband if you're a woman. Just have to clarify. Just have to clarify. For, for the business he wants you to start, for the, for the second uh, home, the, the place of enjoyment that he wants you to have maybe outside the city. For the second car, 
not just the jalopy, but the second car, something maybe a little bit nicer that he wants you to bless you and enjoy for the clothes, for, the, for all the things that he has in his heart to love you and bless you. Amen. Amen? For the husbands and wives he has for your children to marry and the grandchildren to come. For everything that God has in his heart. You see, you can also make this microcosm individualized. God, you don't know the future. It hasn't entered into your heart all the things. I've got a great testimony. I hope you're coming on Sunday or if you don't come, I hope you watch. Because I've got a great testimony to share with you. See, God had something in his heart for Pastor Jenny and I and this whole church. Remember I said I've been working on something big? Well, it came to pass today. Glory to God, it came to pass today. Hallelujah. And you see, God had something in his heart. We had no idea. It hadn't entered into our, I had not seen, ear had not heard. It hadn't even entered into our heart. The things that God has prepared for the fields and for promise of life church, because what? Not we're perfect, because we love him. Amen. It's not because I'm perfect, it's because I love him. It's not because I do everything right. Just ask Reverend Greg. It's because I love him. I love him with all my heart. I love him first and foremost. He's more important to me than anyone. I really do. And I really mean that. I'm not just saying that. If you, if you, because he, we love him. If you're like that, I'm telling you, he wants to bless you so bad. He wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. He's got stuff prepared for you. So in the microcosm, the macrocosm, this is about salvation, Reverend Greg. But in the microcosm, God's got things planned for me. He's got different things planned for you. And some things he's got planned for us together because we're part of the same spiritual family. Yes. Praise God. And it hasn't entered, but the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost, but God will reveal it by the Holy Ghost, but God will reveal it by the Holy Ghost. Not all these weird, fluffy preachers that say, oh, God's so mysterious, you can never know his ways. That's not, that's false doctrine. That's the religious doctrine. That's what people have believed for years and it's a lie. Yes, we don't know right now, but he will reveal them by the Holy Ghost. If he could reveal the plan of salvation, he'll reveal the next three steps down the path. Amen. Praise God. What is salvation? The first step onto the right path. If he can reveal how to get into the path, don't you think he can reveal all the steps along the path? And if you step off the path and you know something's wrong and you're out of the will of God and it's a grind and it's hard, don't you think that he can reveal back to get back on the path? Amen. So this is about being led by the spirit. You know, in the microcosm, he, he, he's got it, but he wants to show it to us. But if you don't know how to be led by the spirit, you'll miss the cues of the spirit showing you the good things God's got planned. He doesn't have cancer wrapped up in a box with a bow for you. He's got healing. That's right. Amen. 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 So we know that God wants to reveal it. Now watch this. Now if we would know verse 11, nobody knows basically a human, but the spirit, nobody knows God, but the spirit. So if the spirit of God knows God and knows the eternities of God and knows the deep things of God and knows the unfathomable riches of God, he knows everything about everything about everything. He knows every planet. He knows every galaxy of which they say there's at least now 250 billion galaxies of which each have hundreds of billions of stars. He knows everyone by name. He knows everything. He is the spirit of God and he lives in us. Don't you think he knows how to pay off the mortgage? Don't you think he knows who he wants us to marry? Don't you think he knows what school we should go to? He knows everything. Then he's inside. We've got to learn to be led by him so that he wants it for, but these things have been revealed to us by the Spirit. In other words, the Holy Ghost wants to show you certain things, and that revealing is called being led. Yes. 
Do you understand? Whether you believe it or not, the day you got saved, you were actually being led by the Spirit. Because the Spirit led you into the first step on the path of God's path and righteousness. You were led by the Spirit on the first day you got saved. He led you in. Isn't it sad, Reverend Greg, people can be led in and then the rest of their life, they're figuring out everything with their mind and their emotions and how I feel. And then they step off and they have all this struggle all the time. Whereas if they just let the whole same Holy Ghost that brought them into the path, just learn to let him reveal to you the things that God wants for you. Now, normally Sundays and Wednesdays, I talk different themes, but this time the Holy Ghost said, no, I want you to teach this until I tell you to stop because your congregation need to hear this. Now, this is somewhat basic. And I said, but Lord, most of them know this. He said, yeah, most of them know it, but most of them don't. <laughs> so including me, I can learn from the Holy Ghost out of my own mouth. Do you understand? Because I often preach by the gift of prophecy, which means I say things I don't even know myself. They're not in notes. I've never studied them, but they come out by the Holy Ghost. And I can go back. Actually, I do. I go back and listen to myself and write notes many times. So what I'm saying is I'm almost, I'm not really the person here. It's the Holy Ghost who's the person here that's helping us and that wants to reveal to us. But he said, I want you to, the word he used was bombardment. I want there to be a bombardment of being led by the Spirit. I want you to marinate in it. I want you, I want them to be overwhelmed by this subject for a few couple weeks. I don't know how long, probably just a couple weeks. But he said, I want you just to, just, just like a tsunami, just, just, just let them soak in it. Just let him soak in this subject because it's the most important subject a believer can learn. And I never get tired of it. Ever. You know why, Taylor? Because every day I may not need healing. Every day I need to maintain health. But every day I don't need to be healed. I shouldn't be. If I need to be healed every day, something's wrong. You know what I mean? But I do need to be healed at certain times. But every single day... I need to be led every day. Can I give you an example? Two days ago, I'm there minding my own business, doing my own thing. And the Holy Ghost, uh, just real quiet, real soft on the inside. Apply the blood, apply the blood, apply the blood. I stopped. You better learn to stop what you're doing and obey right then. I remember my little boy and the massive cut that he got on his leg because I didn't listen. Remember that story? So I said, Father, I apply the blood. And I, and I don't know who. He doesn't always tell you who, so just cover the whole deal. <laughs> Father, I apply the blood to my, and I list my children, my wife, my dog, my property. I can't say everything, but I just say, Lord, a bloodline around all I own on every side. Yeah. Around that property, around the vehicles, around the road that we're driving on. Lord, around the church property, the church assets. Yeah. The hangar, the airplane down there in Greer's, that's my property. He's holding it. I apply the blood on that. And I apply the blood to my staff and to my leaders and to the tithers. And Lord, even the non-tithers, I apply the blood. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know always who. And then my wife tells me the next day, she goes, you won't know, believe there was some lunatic person at night that was, that was on her, I don't know how to say it, but threatening behavior. She's there in the car alone. No, and I had the kids. You had the kids in the car with you. And this person wouldn't leave her and was there and there and just, just harassing her, harassing her in an intimidating fashion, a single woman out in the country. But you see, I had applied the blood that day. See, the Holy Ghost knew that that lunatic was going to try something, but because the blood is on her, he can't touch. Nothing can happen. Then the next day, the same thing. I said, okay, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I applied the blood again. And a guy ran, ran a stop sign. 
and switched his, swooped his car over and just a matter of a second, she would have been in a head-on collision. And he was in her lane facing her. Finally, he got the car stopped. He ran the, red, he ran the, the sign and, and lost control and spun it around and then was facing her. She hit the brakes and, she, and he's, he's right there. But the Lord said that day, apply the blood. He didn't tell me that there's something going to happen. You better learn to listen. I apply the blood anyway, but when he prompts me, I stop whatever I'm doing. I don't care what I'm doing. I, I, I stop what I'm doing. See, what I'm saying is uh, the, the Holy Ghost prompting can, I, I'm giving you extreme examples, can save your life, but, but every single day there's something he'll prompt you on. There's something he'll lead you on. Sometimes you don't always make a big decision every day, but he'll even help you with the small decisions. Like I like that tie, and that tie was $275. I just have highfalutin taste, even though I'm a country boy. This is years ago. I'm too, I'm too anyway, I won't say that. I was going to say I'm too cheap now, but I, I won't confess that. Praise God. It meant a lot to me back when I traveled. It doesn't mean that much to me anymore. But, uh, but, I, but, I, but I just prompting, don't buy that. I said, but Lord, I, I want that. I like that. You see how the brown and the blue go together? That's real pretty. I said, that's real pretty. I like that. He said, don't buy that. He's not, he's not poverty-minded. But, but when I went back the week later, they had a 75% off sale on that tie. And I got the tie for like less than 100 bucks. And, I, and, and when I saw that, I said, oh my gosh. And I just felt like he was smiling on the inside. I didn't want, to, I didn't want you to have it. I wanted you to be able to buy two. I remember that. And I bought two, which I would have only been able to buy one. See, but that's, that's, that's a tiny prompting. That's called being led by the Spirit. When you're in a store, don't buy that. Don't worry why, just don't buy it. When you, when, go online and do that. Don't go in person or go in person. Don't go online. Or don't go on this road. I can't tell you how many times. I haven't listened. I go on the road because, of course, I, I, I know some things too, Lord. I got a GPS. And he does, I don't know there's an accident. There's a long lineup and I missed the appointment or I missed the, 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 remember that time we were on the way to the restaurant? We almost missed the reservation. I mean, that's not the end of the world, but it was for me. It was sashimi. <laughs> that is almost the end of the world if I miss a sh 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 <laughs> sashimi reservation. But if I'd listened and gone the route that I felt prompted to go, I would have been early. But I, I mean, we were so late because the traffic, you couldn't turn left, you couldn't turn right. But there was a prompting, don't go down that road. Yeah. Now then the other minister, remember Reverend Faso years ago, the other minister, see, he had also a prompting, don't go on the 401. And it wasn't as light as mine just being late because he didn't listen three times, don't go, don't go. He didn't listen three times. He said, I'm late for a meeting, I didn't listen. And he got into a massive accident at 125 kilometers an hour, messed up his back. God preserved his life. Life, car was written off but I mean he was in agonizing pain for weeks God did heal him and he was restored and he got back on it but I said to him brother I said we're redeemed from accidents I said what happened he goes it's my fault he said I heard that prompted a little little prompting not a voice just a prompting don't go on the highway don't go on the highway but I'm gonna see he's rushed remember what Pastor Nancy said a rushed life does not tend to being in the spirit if you're always rushed, you'll miss promptings of the Spirit. If you're, now listen, this comes back to time management. If you can't wake up early enough and get out the door early enough because everything is like this all the time, you won't be led by the Spirit. He'll be leading you, but you won't be picking up the cues because your soul is... And if you're a super emotional person, you know, 
I don't want to offend anybody, but you know, some some Italians, they're, they're very, you know, they're, they, you know what I'm saying? My, my stepmother, she's Italian. You know what I'm saying? She's, she's very emotional. She's very emotional. There's nothing wrong with being emotional. And I love my stepmother, but she's very emotional. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a certain culture. Different cultures are very emotional, but you better watch your cultural emotion. Because if you're always hyped and strained and frantic and frenzied and yelling and freaking out and what's going on, if you're doing that all the time, you won't, you won't be able to be led by the Spirit. Now, I'm not against culture, do you understand? I'm not against any nation or culture. I'm just saying some cultures lend more to behavior that is counterproductive to being led by the spirit and it's nothing wrong with the culture you've just got to get into kingdom culture and renew your mind a little bit and slow down and calm down and don't let people bait you so much and don't take the bait and get into the row that's it, it, a violation of peace the Holy Ghost works with peace I tell people all the time if you're in a, a difficult situation and there's a lot of fighting it's worth leaving even temporarily and renting something and getting into a place of peace because the people are screaming all the time and throwing things all the time and cussing all the time and threatening all the time it's very hard to tap into your spirit Amen. why because your soul is and your soul and your spirit are like bone and marrow it takes stillness to separate and most people, they don't. They'll stay in the abusive situation. They'll stay in, the, whether it's at work or with the family member or whoever, and they'll stay there and they get riled up and they're angry and they're totally, constantly frustrated. You're just, listen, you're saved and on your way to heaven, but you're acting like a sinner. A sinner has no peace. A sinner has no Holy Ghost. A sinner can only make decisions based on their analytical skills. And they hit it sometimes and they miss it others. A sinner can only pick a spouse based on what they sense, what they, what they feel in their emotions, and what they see with their eyes. The believer is not like the sinner. The believer has a whole nother element. They have soul and body. We have soul, body, and spirit. Amen. We have the Holy Ghost in our spirit who knows everything about everyone. And if we can learn to listen and quiet this emotion and mental faculty, quiet it with peace. Do whatever you have to do to get peace. Whatever the cost, you pay the price of peace. Because that peace lends to being able to, dif to differentiate between your spirit and your soul and divide the bone and the marrow, which is so close. Pay the price of peace, it's worth it. Whatever the price of peace is, you pay it. Hallelujah. I went through a difficult time years ago. I said, Lord, Pastor Nancy, I don't know what to do about this. This situation just won't quit. This dog just won't quit on me. I just, it's just hounding me. And there was something I could have done, but I didn't want to do. And I heard her and she gave me an answer from God. She said, Pastor, pay the price of peace. The money, it cost me some money, but she said, it's worth paying the money for peace. The fight is not always worth it. And somebody needs to hear what I'm saying because I'm speaking by the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is speaking to you. You better, you better make sure that when you take people to court and that when you're in this fight and this row and this aggression, you better make sure God led you in it. Because I found no, most times he doesn't. Sometimes he does. Most times he doesn't. Now he'll never lead you to court 
against a brother or sister in Christ because he doesn't violate the word. And the word says, do not take your brother to court. If you can't figure it out in the pastor's office, then just let it go. Don't take it to court. But sometimes he does need you to go to court when it's secular people. Sometimes he does. But I've learned that a lot of the times he doesn't because whatever, but you got to be led. You can't just make a blanket statement. You got to be led. Sometimes he'll say yes. Many times he'll say no because the price of peace is, is worth it. And what he can do for you after you've lost the court case and after you feel like a loser and after you feel like everything fell apart, but what he can do for you in that place of peace and in that place of forgiveness is 10 times more than what you would have ever gotten. But people are so small-minded and they're so narrow and they're so, I want my pound of flesh. I want to be right. I want this. I want that. And that is the carnal nature. That is the old man. That is not the spirit. That is not the fruits of the spirit. My God, I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Now, so we see now, I didn't even get to the point now. You have to stop now, Taylor, stop that. Now look at verse 12. This is what I wanted to share. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now listen, I've always divided this. We have not received the spirit of the world. Like, yeah, duh. I don't even think about that. I've always ignored that statement. But we receive the Spirit of God that we may freely know the things given to us of God. Of course, I've got the Holy Ghost. I have a right to know. But last week, the Lord put them together and stopped, said, stop doing that. I said, what do you mean? He said, and he showed me something that Greg, I've never seen. He said, we have now, we have now, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. That. There's a connector word. That. That we might know the things. Yes. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, the more you love the world, the less I can lead you. Wow. The more you love the world, the less I can speak to you. The more movies you watch, the less I can talk to you. The more carnal behavior you're in, the spirit of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all this stuff. The less, the less you're in the spirit, son, the more you love the world. I'd never seen that. I just always... I always equated Errol, he's just comparing the spirit of the world versus the Holy Ghost. So we know the spirit of the world, yeah, we know that that's obvious, but we've got the Holy Ghost who will show us freely all the things given to us of God. But that's not necessarily all that, that, that this is talking about. He's saying we haven't got the spirit of the world so that we may know the things from the Holy Ghost. Meaning if you embrace the spirit of the world, you will not have the spirit of God with you working the same to the same measure. But God's merciful. You can be carnal, God will still lead you to a measure, but you'll never get as high a flow as much. You'll never get top shelf, you'll get middle, lower, or bottom shelf stuff from God. Because, you, because you're constantly engaged. Do you understand? Now you see, this is where this can't become legalistic. Because sometimes I feel I wanna watch the news. And so I watch the news, and I'm fine. And other times the Holy Ghost will prompt me and say, I don't want you to watch that. I don't make a rule. I can never watch the news. Yeah. See, that's legalism. Yeah. Yes, but you also got to learn to be led because sometimes what they're talking about and all the negativity and all the hate and all the, and really they, they talk about everybody else walking in hate. They are the worst. They are the promoters of hate. In my opinion. They hate Donald. They hate this. They hate that. They hate the antichrist. They hate Jesus. And it comes out in what they're talking about. Yeah. Comes out about their anti, their aversion to anything to do with the gospel. Yeah. 
They love abortion. They love transgender. They love this. They love that. And they hate righteousness. They do. Because they are, the, they are possessed by the spirit of the world. So remember, when you're watching the newscast, most times, most times, they are the spirit of the world incarnate. So you are feeding on the spirit of the world when you watch them. Now you can watch them to be educated, but then you can also watch them to be influenced. True. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. You can watch them to be educated. That's okay. And you can also watch them to be influenced. That's not okay. Because I'm not going to be influenced by the spirit of the world. There's a spirit on those newscasters. There's a spirit that will try to get on you. And it's called the spirit of the world. And the more you engage the spirit of the world, the less you hear from the Holy Ghost, the more you stunt his work in your life. The more you're listening to secular music, the more you're doing all this kind of stuff, the more you're engaged in. And I, Listen, I like movies too, but you got to be careful. You got to be very careful these days. There's almost, it's very limited what we can watch and not grieve the spirit. <laughs> so it, it, gone are the days where poltergeist and exorcist and the omen were the only movies that insulted the Holy Ghost. My wife saw this lady. She looks like a witch. She said, can see it in her eyes, those devils, even in the picture. But she's there on the main news thing last week, and, his, and, she's, and she's a very well-respected author. And, and, and she said, right, she said, my, my top list or something, my top 10 movies for children, and these are kids from, from like grades four up to grades eight, nine. That children age, the impressionable age, and a lot of people listen to her, a lot of people watch her. And her top 10 movies, you know what four of the top 10 movies were? The Exorcist, Poltergeist, Omen, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, all this, uh, Chucky, Chucky's Bride or some nonsense garbage like that. All these horror movies for little children. This is her top 10 list of what they should watch. <laughs> that's more than the spirit of the world. That's, that's, that's high core. That's high end witchcraft stuff. But what I'm saying is out there, some of it is worse. Some of it is more palatable. Some of it is very subtle, but the spirit of the world is working and we have not been given. That means yield to, we do not yield to the spirit of the world so that we may know the things freely given to us of the Father. You yield to the spirit of the world, you will not know things freely given to you. In other words, the more you engage the spirit of the world, the less you'll be led by the spirit. I don't want to be hard on you, but we're, listen, you're not, we're, we're not, we're, we're pilgrims. The Bible said, I'm a pilgrim. I'm in this world, but I'm not. If you're too comfortable with what's happening out there, something's wrong with you. You should be horrified. You should, it should stir your ire. You shouldn't be able to watch the news without wanting to smash the screen. If you can't watch the news and not want to break the TV, something your back's in, you don't even hardly know it. Do you know what I'm not saying every single newscast? I'm talking about the world is so anti everything we stand for. Everything we believe. Everything Jesus died for. Hollywood spits at it. The world mocks it. And that spirit is trying to get into the church. Kenneth Hagin said, the spirit of the world is trying to get into the church. And pastors have to stand on guard and say, no. Amen. And when the devils in the church that have got all the people's minds fight back, say, get out. Because I'm not trying to grow the church with a bunch of hillbilly flesh pots. 
I'm trying to grow the church with people that they may not be perfect, but they love God. They want God. They're willing to take a stand. They're willing to be alone. They're willing to lose friends. They're willing to lose girlfriends. They're willing to lose boyfriends. They're willing to lose in order to gain. Especially today, Jenny, especially today, we got to be stronger than ever before. Stronger than ever before. Can I quote you Lester Summer? One of the best quotes I've ever heard from him. He said, the, the love of the spirit of the world is the barricade keeping the church out of the supernatural. The love of the spirit of the world is the barricade keeping the church out of the supernatural realm. When you hate the world, and everything they stand for, the power of God will work in you like never before. When you flirt with them and you touch them and you play with them. And it's okay to watch a little bit of pornography now and then, right guys? It's okay, God will understand. No, it's not. It's okay to date that person, they're not born again, but it's okay. No, it's not! No, it's not okay! It's not okay to disobey the Bible. And the Bible says, what fellowship has light with darkness? It's not okay! So sick and tired of youth pastors saying it's okay. Before you know it, you got all these young people dating sinners. And just like God said, do not engage the gods of the heathens because they will touch, they'll take advantage. You'll start to fall away. I see Christians, they're engaging, whether it's dating or whether it's just close friendships, but their best friends are sinners. And it pulls them away from the Spirit of God. And before they had a fire, now it's a spark. I'm telling you, Greg, it's, we got to preach it strong. I know people don't like it. I know people get offended, but this is the Holy Ghost. It's not me. I'm not against you if you've got a close friend in the world or if you're dating somebody. I'm praying that God will get it over to you. I'm just saying, we got to hold the standard high. We got to hold the standard high. We got to hold the standard high. Cole said to me a while ago, he said, but what if I find somebody that I really like and that I'm really compatible with and that I really want to date, but they're, but they're not a Christian. I said, no. Well, you're narrow-minded. Yes. You say one more word, I'll cast the devil out of you right now. Do you understand? When you're 18, do what you want. But my, my, my covering is over you. And I will fight for you in the spirit. Although I can't control you when you're older. But my, my covering will fight for you in the spirit. I'll bar certain things in the spirit. But a human will can violate much. Do you understand? When you're not of age, you will obey. I just think some parents need to get a lot tougher because what you're doing is you're communicating to your children if it's okay to disobey the Bible a little bit then when they're in the car and it's all you're so beautiful then you know what happens Taylor I think you don't know because you were pure but let me tell you what happens the thought is, I disobeyed the Bible a little bit, uh-huh. yeah. and it was okay, yeah. and nothing bad happened yeah. to me. So now I can take clothes off, and I can, it's okay. And then it goes into other areas. Maybe it's okay that I don't obey the Bible and tithe. Maybe that's okay. Maybe I don't have to forgive that person right away. Look, nothing bad happened to me. No, not everything bad happens right away, but at the end of it, you're gonna, you're gonna, it's going to bite you. 
It might take a few months. It might take a few years, but you will lose. You know why? I'm not being the hard preacher. The Bible says it. We've got to go with the Bible. We've got to go with the Bible. And, and so anything that has a little bit of an edge to pushing away from the Word, a violation of even one verse, even half of a verse, I'm very opposed to because I know what it leads to. Is it the end of the world for a young person to be with somebody that's not saved? It's probably not the end of the world, but it leads to yes. things that are not good. Yes. So we got to train them. Yes. We got to train them. Not just young people. My God, Jennifer, the young people have, a, have a, a good goal. Most of the time they're submissive. Some of the adults are the ones that have, need some help. Yeah. You tell them, don't date that person. He's weird, <laughs> but he's a Christian. I know he's a Christian, but he's nuts. Just look at his eyes. You can see the demon squirming. Yeah. <laughs> People have come. And I've looked and I've looked in their eyes. I'm like, I'm going to cast it out right now if you say one more word. But they're a guest and the person's introducing me to their new girlfriend. And I'm like, what is going on here? Are you that dense spiritually that you can't see what I see? And I pulled them out. I said, you do what you want. I know they're a Christian, but they're going to pull you away from the message that we preach. The church they go to doesn't agree with anything hardly that we say. And there's problems in that person I can see by looking in their eyes. Oh, but, but they're so kind to me. What has that got to do with anything? Well, they got money. Who cares? But they're going to get me out of my trouble. I'm going to be able to move into a nice house. That's, so that's what it's about for you then. You see, being led by the Spirit, far, sometimes He'll lead you into the wilderness like He led Jesus. Sometimes it'll go into a harder season. Listen, when I've been led by the Spirit, many times it's made me more lonely. I've lost friends. I've had to invest more money than I wanted to. Uh, things don't always look like they're working when you're led by the Spirit. But that's where you've got to trust. If he led Jesus into the wilderness and it didn't look like it was fun and there was Satan on his tail, on his back the whole time, and he's hungry and, he's, and he's, nothing's working. But he comes out of the wilderness in the power of the spirit goes into Galilee. His ministry launches signs and wonders start happening and happened for three and a half years. It didn't look. It says the spirit drove him into the wilderness. He was led by the spirit into a hard place. Sometimes you're led by the spirit into hard places, into lonely places, into places where you don't have as many friends and you don't have as much going on. But if the Holy Ghost leads you, please follow because his plan is going as the end result is going to be great. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's where trust comes in. If he, if he prompts you, say, I trust you, Lord. Amen. I trust you. End that relationship. I trust you. I trust you. Give that money. I trust you. I'm not losing. I'm gaining. I trust you. This, this is the big one. This is a big one. Uh, don't go over to that in-law's house or that, that relative's house anymore. Like Jesse DePlante says, I don't go over to their house no more. Because even the family members persecute him. The born again family members persecute. Trying to talk you out of what you believe. And there's things, there's times where the Holy Ghost has said, and more than once, I don't want you seeing that relative. I don't, I don't want you pursuing them. If you see them, that's fine. Give them a hug. You're pursuing them, son. There was a relative, mom. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I was pursuing them because I truly loved them. But the Holy Ghost said, stop that. See, now I, I can say, well, and I can quote all the scriptures out of context. Well, we got to walk in love and for blood is thicker than water, which is not in the Bible, even though you try to quote it. <laughs> 
they try to quote blood is thicker than water. That's not in the Bible. But they, they, they try to give God all their little cat poster quotations. You know the cat posters? They're hanging on and they've got this nice quote. If anybody wants to buy me a Christmas present, other than the Christmas offering, get me a good cat poster. The cheesier, the better, because it just makes me laugh. Especially with them hanging on the cliff, and then there's got a little, don't quit, or something like that, and then it's got this stupid nonsense, semi-religious phrase. Nothing to do with the spirit of faith, the victory, whatever, but I like the cats. The cats are cool to look at, and, and I just laugh. I frame them. I just love them. Anyway, anyway getting, getting back into the spirit now. I can't remember what I was saying, so we'll move on. But we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, Taylor, so that we may know the things. The more I'm engaging the world, the more I'm engaging carnality, the more I'm engaging all that stuff, the less I'll be a spiritual man, the less I'll be led by the spirit. And even though I love people and it hurts, do you know the deep ache I have in my heart, the relationships I've lost? And not because they were mean to me, but because I ended them. I'm not talking dating, for goodness sakes. I should have ended more of those quicker. <laughs> Praise God. But I found the right one. Amen. And she, let, she beats it into me regularly that she's the right one. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jennifer. I, I'm the most blessed husband in the world. I, I am. I got the right one. But there's ones that wanted relationship, even other ministers. And I've been prompted in the spirit. Don't call them back. But Lord, I was raised that that's rude. That's rude. Send them a text and just gently hint. If you're that worried about being rude, son, go ahead. But there's certain people he won't let me fellowship with. And they're nice people, Greg. But they're not going to aid me in my run. Not everyone is wrong. Not everyone is sinful. I'm talking about being led by the spirit of the spirit of the world. But what about just people that are not the spirit of the world? They're good Christians. They're good family members. They love you. But they won't aid your run. And God needs me to run. He doesn't need me to jog. He doesn't need me. Some people he'll lead you away from because they're going to get on your back because they're so weak. And the only way that they're going to make it is if they piggyback on you. And how do you run when you've got somebody on your back? And sometimes he'll say, carry them for a season, son. But then he'll say, now put them down. But Lord, if I put them down, they'll backside. I said, put them down. They've had enough time on your back to learn. If they're not going to get it now, they're not going to get it. I want you to run. And I can't afford to have you not run because you're trying to help every Tom, Dick, and Harry that can't walk. There's people that he has said, do not call them back. Do not have relationship with them. There's ministers that have asked to come to this church and preach. Some of them, I won't say the names, some of them big ministers. And the Lord has said, don't do it. See, I have to learn to be led by the Spirit. There's other family members that are nice people, but they won't aid my run. In fact, they'll try to hinder me. And they'll do it subtly at the dinner table. In fact, I was with one, one guy years ago, Errol, and uh, he got me, he, he, I think he set it up, but he, he planned the whole conversation. Anyway, he's talking, talking, everything's sweet, everything's nice. And then he starts to start to attack Kenneth Copeland. He starts to attack Dr. Dufresne because they have airplanes. And I saw that religious spirit come out of him. And how this is ridiculous. You need to give all the money to the poor. Remember, that's what Jesus said. So just be careful before you quote that. And we do need to give money to the poor. But, but that religious spirit will try to rob the traveling minister of the equipment that they need. And, and, and I saw it. It's like, it's like the veil was removed. And, and I heard the Holy Ghost say, this is the last dinner you'll ever have with this family. And they're family members, Greg. 
They're, and I love them. But you see, because that religious spirit, they've yielded to that and, and, and they're nice people and they're born again, spirit filled believers. But because they, they, they're not going to aid my run. Yes. They're going to keep making the snide comments, those comments to try to try to plant a seed of doubt and try to plant a seed of condemnation and try to plant a seed of poverty and try to plant a seed of lack. And it won't aid my run. And I'm, I'm never, never forget. I was sitting. He said, "That's the last. This is the last dinner. Enjoy it, son. You're never going to have another meal with them again." And so, I, and I never have. Now they're not exactly bending over backwards to invite me because I don't think that they like my flow. Yeah. But you know what? I don't like their flow. I'm going, to take, I'm going to take the flow of faith. I'm going to take the flow of being led by the Spirit. I'm going to take the flow of casting out devils. I'm going to take the flow of preaching the gospel. I'm not taking that poverty, nonsense, dead, pathetic. I'm not taking that. That's what you want? Enjoy it. Feed yourself to the day you die. I'm not taking one bite. And by you sitting and eating that, and I'm trying to eat faith, I can smell the stench of your food at the table. I ain't sitting with you no more. I ain't sitting. I can smell their food, and their food stinks. False doctrine stinks. Lack and doubt and unbelief is an, is an reproach in the nostrils of a man of faith. What I'm saying is the Spirit of God has led me many times to end things. And it has hurt me. And I feel that void. And I feel that loneliness sometimes. Because I feel like, Lord, I want more family, more friends, more productive relationships. Not less. But I'm learning that sometimes less is more. Because I have to run. I have to run. I'm saying that because some of you, you got relationships that are pulling you down and you got this religious mindset. Well, I need to help them. You need to be led by the spirit. You don't need, you need to be led by the spirit. Amen. That's all I'm saying. The spirit will sometimes tell you to help them for a season and other times he'll tell you cut loose. Amen. But you better make sure you're led by the spirit. Yeah, amen. amen. Praise God. Just like Mary, Chris, and others going to certain churches, not being fed, but there's a commitment, there's a loyalty, there's a heart of faithfulness to the pastor. But they, people got to be careful that they don't let that rob them of being led by the Spirit. Because if the Spirit says, cut and run, your time is over. You're not learning anymore. Cut and run. They better listen to that and not go with the charisma or grandmammy went here and this is the church we've always been in and I feel sorry for the pastor because if he loses somebody, how's he going to... None of that is your concern. If the Spirit says it, you better obey. Yeah. Do you understand? Because yes. some denominational, the thing that you, you, you grow and then you don't ever grow anymore. Because they just do Reader's Digest type sermons for the rest of your life. And there's no Holy Ghost and there's no flow. And there's no people like Pastor Nancy. And there's no, there's no, there's, that, there's, a, there's no flow. We're looking for that flow. There's no vision. We're not by any stretch of the imagination the best church in the world. But of course we're not. I know who we are. We're nothing comparatively. But I'm saying we, we're hungry and we've got a flow that is happening here. And, and if sometimes people won't come because they feel too guilty. But if you're led by the Spirit. You see, people that are led by the Spirit will find the right church. People that are led by the Spirit will find the right spouse. People led by the Spirit will go to the right university. Amen. Praise God, Greg. People that are led by the Spirit. Well, Lord, somebody said, Lord. Lead me which Lotto 649 to buy. Just lead me. I claim that being led by the Spirit stuff, and I pray in the Holy Ghost. Lead me. And then they say, Pastor, I've been fasting and praying, praying in tongues, and every ticket fails. That's because you're stupid. Because God is not, you know, you know, my wife says don't call people stupid. But, but that is, they're not stupid, Jenny, but that thought process not wise. is unwise. Yeah. You see how kind she is? Unwise. This is me versus her. Stupid, unwise. 
That's why you're here, honey, to keep me out of the ditch. God bless you. That's why they loved you so much on your birthday, because you keep me out of the ditch. So Jenny's going to start doing announcements from now on, because apparently everybody's offended with me talking about salt and sugar in the cafe bookstore, that some of you can't tell the difference, and you make stuff that don't taste no good. But my wife said, Craig, you can't say things like that. I said, of course I can. There's no, you can't. I said, then you do the announcements. I'm just going to stay in my lane, and that's to preach. Let the rest of them do the announcements. And if you don't figure out what's going on because they don't tell you all the details like your pastor, tough luck, figure it out. I'll stay in my lane from now. I just stay in my lane. See, I'm being led by the Spirit. Stop doing announcements. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Are you with me? 856, my God, we only didn't even get to Hebrews 4. You better hurry up. Stop. Taylor, I told you to stop it now. So the spirit of the world. Now, go back with me quickly and let's finish with this. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you guys. I'm not against anybody. I hope nobody's hurt in your heart by what I'm saying. Listen, if, I, if you're in church and something is said that in your heart you go, that's just the Holy Ghost trying to help you. I'm not trying to hurt you. If you're convicted, it's the Holy Ghost that's trying to say, my son, my daughter, listen, please obey me. You're going to hurt yourself if you don't obey me. I love you. I know you don't mean to do anything wrong. And I don't know that. I know you don't want to hurt yourself, but you got to obey my word. My word has to be obeyed. If you feel that, just don't fight it. Remember, Jesus said, Paul, stop, Saul, stop kicking against the pricks. What's the pricks? The pricks of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is trying to say, don't do that. Don't do that. You're pricked in your conscience. You're pricked. You're pricked. And he's fighting against the pricks. And Jesus said, stop that. That's me. I'm trying to lead you. If he's pricking you, don't fight. Yield. Humble yourself. And say, Lord, I'll lose it all for you if I have to because you'll give it all back to me. But I will obey you. I will be led by the Spirit. Some of you, I'm telling you, by the Spirit, there's relationships, even nice people, maybe also some ungodly people. But it could be all through the spectrum that you, I know the reason I preach that hard, that long, and that strong is because some people watching live stream and in this room, you need to make changes. Because you won't run with those people in your life. I promise you, he'll, he'll make it up to you. He'll never take from you and not make it back to you. You never lose. You never lose by being led by the Spirit. Looks like you're losing. Look like Jesus was losing in the wilderness, but he ne- you'll never lose. He'll never lead you into failure. He'll never lead you into loss. Maybe crucifixion of the flesh, but never loss. Amen, honey? Now, quickly, let's have a look at Hebrews 10, then I'll close because we have something a little special to do in a, about five minutes. Hebrews chapter 12. Is it four? I don't know. Taylor, what is it? Four? Verse 12. Okay. For the word of God is quick. That means alive. Powerful. That means energized, active, sharper. That means it's comprehensive in its blow. It's, it's so powerful. Then any two-edged sword, piercing into the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the, of the joints and marrow. But the word of God doesn't go into your joints and marrow, so to speak. It's a comparison here. Your soul and spirit is like bone and marrow. And is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. As I said on Sunday, let me make this, la- this just one statement and then we'll move and end the service. The quickened word. The word of God is quick. So this is one of the unique scripture verses in the Bible. It's one of the only ones in the New Testament where the word, word, is logos, the word of God. That word is logos, which is written. But the explanation of the word is rhema. It's one of the only times you can find that. 
It's talking about the written word that becomes quickened, alive, energized, on fire, spoken, uttered, poured into you, alive. It's the written that becomes the alived, alive. That is the logos becoming the rhema. Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17, that word is rhema. The live word. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. That's the rhema word. It's the alive word. But where does alive come from? It comes from the written. But the written will become alive. Now did you notice now that this quickened, made alive, energized, spoken, uttered, poured word, that is what separates soul and spirit. Did you see that? Are you following with me? It's the word that separates soul and spirit. Now what does that mean? If you can just separate your soul from your spirit, you'll be led by the spirit. What it's saying is, I'm trying to divide it for you, son. The problem is you don't know when you make a decision, is this me or is this God? Is it my soul, my mind, will, emotions, my intellect, or is it my spirit down in my belly region like Proverbs says? If you can just have it separated, you'll know. You'll know if it's you and you'll know if it's God because God lives in your spirit. He owns your spirit. He leads you through your spirit. So if you can just separate mind from spirit, you're automatically led by the spirit. So what separates? What is the divider? The word. But not just the written word, the energized, spoken, poured, uttered, revealed word. The alive word is what. So listen, let me, I'm trying to help you so you can see this. The, the, the revealed, made alive word causes you to be led by the spirit. Because it causes the separation from your soul to your spirit. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. So, uh, a quickened or made alive word from the scripture or directly to you but in line with the scripture shows you this is my spirit versus my brain. Yep. Are you with me? Yes. It's not just a scripture verse that God can get over to you. He can speak to you. Go to Dalhousie University. He can have a peace in your heart even if he doesn't speak to you. Dalhousie University. There's no scripture that talks about Dalhousie University. No, but it's not anti the scripture. He's not saying go and go to a seance, that's anti-scripture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you think God's leading you to rob a bank with your special mask and glasses on, because it is COVID after all, we're halfway there already. <laughs> but the Holy Ghost won't lead you to rob a bank because it violates scripture. Yes. But the Lord's leading me, Pastor, to have lunch with the secretary. No, the Lord can't lead you violating his word. Because it's wrong when you're married to have lunch with another, you know, be flirting with another woman. Right? So as long as it's in line with the word, he could whisper, he could give you an inner witness, he could speak a variety of ways and get it over to you to how's university. That is a quickened word. That is an alive word because God has prompted, God has originated it. It didn't come from his mind, it came from his spirit. So it's in line with the word, but you can't find a scripture. That is still a word from God to you. Are you with me? So remember, what is, how, do, how are you led by the spirit? It's very simple. Separate your mind from your spirit. And when you can separate it, what's down here is the leading. What separates it? A quickened word. You can't just read the Bible and be led by the spirit. You've got to have the Bible alive to you and not just scripture, but you've got to have an instruction from God revealed to you. That instruction separates your mind from your spirit man. And if you can just separate that, then you'll all of a sudden know. Now, let me, let me say this as I close. Uh, this is very, very important because the quickened, listen to this, the quickened word 
whether that's God whispering it to you, putting it in your spirit, or giving you a scripture reference, the quickened word does a number of things. Number one, it tells you the perfect will of God. Because you're not going to get into the permissive if you're led by the Spirit. And if you're in the perfect will of God, you're on the perfect path. That means all the supplies there. So the quickened, being led by the quickened word, whether God speaks it to you or a scripture that divides your brain from your spirit, man, that you know, ah, this is my spirit. When you've got that, you are now in the perfect will of God. You are now being led by the spirit in the perfect will of God, which is what we're after. And you've got faith. Because what does faith come from? The quickened word. The rhema word. Do you see how important it is to be led by the Spirit? Because when you're led by the Spirit, faith automatically comes. I don't know, are you, are you with me? Yes. Yes. People separate being led by the Spirit and faith, but they, are, they work together. Because if you're led by the Spirit, you've got a quickened word from God. Yeah. It separated your mind from your spirit. And when you've got a, a quickened word, a made alive word, not just a scripture written, but it's alive to you. God has revealed it to you. What is rhema? What is faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema. What is the rhema? The quickened. So when God quickens something to you, he's doing three things. He's giving you faith for it. He's showing you his perfect will and he's leading you down that path. What are we after? I'm after faith. I need faith, but I also need to be in the will of God and I need to be led by the spirit. Being in the will of God is synonymous with being led by the spirit. Do you understand? But I, I want that. How do you get that? You, you, what we're after is God to quicken things to us. Yeah. To separate your mind from your spirit. You might have a good idea, but it might not be from the spirit. Mm -hmm. Very good. So don't make your good idea as a quickened word. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. You'll know it. And that's why we're going to teach you a little bit so that you'll be able to hopefully start to understand how do you get that quickened word? How do you, how do you tell the difference between the quickening of the spirit and the excitement in your mind? Oh, I really want to do this, but that's up here versus, oh, 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 oh my God, what was that? This thing I'm working on, which I'm going to announce on Sunday, I, I had no, in, in the beginning, no desire in the, in the natural, no mind for it. The more I, but the more, but, but what happened, Reverend, it wasn't even on my radar, but then my wife got a word from the Lord and she told me, and then because of that word that came to her, but it wasn't just her, me piggybacking on her. I've got to know. Yes. Why? Because if I don't know, I can't have faith. Right. See, the quickened word produces faith. I can't go on her quickened word. I've got to have a quickened word. Amen. Now she, but, but then I went and said, Lord, let me pray about this. Yes. So I said, honey, I'll pray about that. Because I can't just do it because you say. I've got to do it because I know. But I started to, and then it just, it just in my spirit. See, in my mind, it wasn't that I'm not excited, but I, it wasn't something I was looking for. It wasn't something I was planning on. It was, so it was easy for me to not let this get in the way. Because sometimes when you're really excited in your emotions about something, it's much harder because you've got to die to that. You've got to quieten that. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't hear this. Yeah. But when it's something that's not even on your radar and you didn't care about it, and you weren't looking for it, it's so much easier. Yeah. It's like it blindsides you. It's, I love that because I wasn't even looking at it in the natural anyway. So I don't even have necessarily an overwhelming desire. So I just said, Lord, you know, if this is you, I'll know it. And it's just like a little, I don't know how to explain it. It's like butterfly wings. And it's just like a little like a, zzz, like a little spark. Zzz. And I said, oh, I know I'm learning to be led by the spirit. That's you, Holy Ghost. I know that came from here that didn't come from up here. Now, then I started engaging my mind. 
Then I got excited. Well, look what we could do here. And look at this. And oh, I didn't know about that. And oh, look at that. And I get, now my mind and my soul is going. Well, I already know. Are you with me? I don't engage that until I know. Because if I start engaging that, then I, it's harder to hear. So don't look at the... Jesus, he's so handsome, man. Look at how he looks in that Versace suit. Oh, Jesus. Oh, and he's so chivalrous. He opened the door for me and everybody has ever done that to me. He paid for the lunch. Oh, Jesus. That's why you go on a couple dates to make sure that they're not a serial killer. Okay? Make sure that, you know, they're not weird. But that's all you need to do. Go a couple dates. That's it. Don't get your mind and emotions all... Just go on a couple dates to make sure that they're humans. And that they're eligible and that they're born again. And then just check your spirit. Check your spirit. Wait for that. Wait for that knowing. Wait for that witness. Wait for that. Oh, I got it. In here. Yeah. Then start going, mm, 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 my God, Jesus. <laughs> because then you can enjoy the process of the engagement of your soul. Right. Because you know God's will. Sure. Do you understand? Yeah. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. People invert it. They get so excited, and then they go, oh, right, we forgot to check with God. Absolutely. And then I have to try to put all that aside, and it's so hard because they've worked themselves into a frenzy of excitement, anticipation, and enjoyment. And they've convinced themselves it's God because it looks good, and it may not be God at all. So if you just learn to go with this first, then enjoy this. But see, thank God it wasn't on my mind. It wasn't hard for me, Reverend, because I wasn't even looking for it. The Lord said to her something. And she said to me, I saw a mini vision. Let me tell you what God said. I said, remember? I said, well, that's interesting. I said, I've never really thought of that before. I've never really been interested in that before. So but, and I'm careful. But before I start getting excited, yeah. before I start analyzing, before I make my pros and cons sure. list, yeah. I said, let me pray. Just, just, just don't, 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 don't say nothing else. Just let me pray. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear how excited you are. Just let me pray. And I just go, Father, regarding this thing, I pray in the Holy Ghost. I pray out the mystery. And I prayed for a couple of days in tongues. And then all of a sudden, that little zzz came up in my spirit. I know my spirit now. I didn't before, but I'm learning to become more sensitive. And I felt, I said, ah, ah that's it. That's it. I know, it's, I know that's it. Then I started going, bzzz. And then when all the problems started coming, because the devil don't let you get away with nothing. <laughs> Then he put up one roadblock, then he put up a second roadblock. Then he wanted, just for good measure, put up two more. And now, Jenny, I'm starting to get concerned because I'm excited in my mind and in my spirit, and it looks like it's impossible. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, my Lord, I, I built myself up. And then, I see, I, I needed more than an inner witness. Then, I don't know, I need a word. Yeah. And the Lord spoke to me in the bathroom. And he said to me when I was praying, and he said, and he, I won't, I'll tell you on Sunday what he said, but he said, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> That's it. He told me five things. Bang, 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 bang. And I said, but he said, that was more than in the witness. That was more than butterfly wings. That was God speaking to me. He put strength inside of me. And for four weeks, I've been standing on bang, 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 bang. And today, the bang, 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 bang came to pass. Because I'm learning to be led by the Spirit. And the Holy Ghost knows everything. There's always a fight. But if you're led... Just to find out that here before you get engaging with this because it'll make it easier for you. Remember, the quickened word will let you know what is your spirit versus your mind, which is the will of God, which is being led. Plus, it will give you faith. Faith will come inside of you. A little bit of faith came inside of me on the first thing, but then when God spoke to me, 
Faith came inside of me and I've held on to that faith. Amen. Now I'm still holding on to the physical written word, but I'm holding on to what he said because whether he said it or whether he wrote it, it's both quickened to me. And, and it will always come to pass. My God, it will come to pass. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your help tonight. I thank you for your precious people. Lord, if, if some of them need tweaks, changes, adjustments, a chiropractic, you know, a realignment by the Holy Ghost, let them, let them rejoice. Let them be humble. Let them be grateful for the rescue. Lord, you know that I, I love them. Let them know that I love them. I'm not trying to hurt them. Lord, let them know that you love them tonight. You've got such a great plan for us. You want us to reject the spirit of the world and embrace all that the spirit of God has to offer. We've all got to learn to be more skillful in that. We've all got to learn to be more skillful in separating soul from spirit. But I thank you for the quickening of the spirit of God in their, in their hearts and from the scriptures that they will start to learn more skillfully to be led by the spirit. Hallelujah. What a life. What an adventure. To wake up every day and not know exactly what's going to happen. To not know who's going to cross my path. To not know what God's going to use me to say or do. To know, not know what rescue I'll bring to somebody. To not know what God will have me intercede and pray out. To not know exactly, but, but as I go, God leads and he unfolds and he unfolds and he unfolds. And before I know it, the red carpet is unfolded and I'm walking down the path of God's perfect will. And there's nothing but joy and peace and victory. And they, yes, are tests and there are trials and there are attacks, but I've got such victory because I'm in the perfect will of God. I can't go under. Jesus is with me. Oh, it feels so good to be led by the Spirit, Father. I'm still learning. I got a long way to go. But Father, the 29 years that I've learned already, I thank you that you're letting me at least put a little nugget here or there into their hearts as a congregation because I've learned some things, Father. I'm not as far along as Pastor Nancy and others, but Lord, I'm learning and, I, and I'm learning and I'm hungry to press on faster. I want to learn this, Father. I, I, don't, I, want, I don't want to make as many mistakes in the next 10 years as the last 10 years. I want to learn to be more circumspect and more skillful with the leading of the Spirit. I want more victories than losses. I want more breakthroughs than failures. And the Holy Ghost will lead me into it. Lord, thank you for their hunger tonight. I could feel they were drawing and they were engaged. Sometimes I don't always feel that, Lord, that there's like a heaviness. But tonight I just, there was revelation and they were engaged. And I thank you for that. I bless them and I give you praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said, amen.